Now, I just want to read this evening just one verse, and it's in the book of Joshua, chapter 24, and it's verse 15. And this is Joshua speaking. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My dear friends, it's about seven o'clock, and I wonder how many did you make today? How many choices did you make today? Because every day we live, we choose to do this or that, go here or go there, and every day we're making choices. I wonder how many have you made today? Seven o'clock in the evening, the day's almost finished, look back upon the day, I just wonder how many you have made. Because choices are very important. And this is what I want to speak to you just for a little while this evening, on the importance of making the right choice. Now, when our dear Lord was here upon earth, he took the everyday things of life and he applied them spiritually. He said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Behold the fowls of the air. Consider the lilies of the field. Everyday things of life, the Lord would take them and he would apply them spiritually. And I'm going to use an illustration this evening to impress upon us the importance of making the right choice. And there's every possibility that I am going to leave this meeting this evening poorer than when I came in. Because I'm going to ask uh, Sandy to come. I'm going to use Sandy as an illustration. You don't mind, Sandy? I'm going to, make you, I'm going to use you anyway. <laughs> Come up here and take a seat. Sandy's a good friend of mine. I've, I've known Sandy. I don't know most of you in an intimate way, but I, I know Sandy. Just take a seat, Sandy. And um, I'm going to present Sandy with a little problem. Very intelligent man. You have no difficulty. And uh, Sandy, I have here... <coughs> in my hand uh, three envelopes a white one blue one brown one now in each of these envelopes there's a little note and uh, on one of the notes it could say or at least two of the notes it will say sorry no money on the other better pe- the other, other little note it's going to say yes you have won the money. So Sandy has got a big decision to make this evening. He's got three envelopes, white, blue and brown. And if Sandy picks the right one, he is going to leave the meeting one pound 
richer. Now then, Sandy, and actually I don't know with regard to the notes about juggling them all up, you see, and I really don't know which the envelope the notes in, you see, so I'm like myself with regard to it. So, Sandy, you've had a few minutes to think about it. Very simple choice, but uh, the choice that you make this evening could be very important. You could leave the meeting a pound richer or not. I have to get a milk on the way home. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pound in Tesco. Right then. Have you made your mind up, Sandy? I have. Right then. What's it going to be? Now, just take your time. White one, blue one, brown one. Look for yourself. It's your choice. Notice the important. You've got to make a choice. So, what's your choice tonight, Sandy? I have found in here. Uh, I think it's the brown one. You're going to go for the brown one. Oh, right then. Definitely, that's all. Right then. Yeah. Sandy has made the choice of a brown envelope. And I just wonder what the little note says. Sorry. Nobody. Now then, let's make sure. If he had picked the blue one, I wonder what would have happened. Ah, sorry. No money. No money. Sorry, no money. So by process of, a of elimination... This is bound to be the one. Remember you're a pastor, Mr. Joe. Aye, and here it is. Yes, you have made I was going to the right choice. So if somebody had chosen the white envelope, he would have received the pound. Didn't make the right choice, unfortunately. But somebody, because I'm feeling generous this evening, I'm going to give to you. Oh. The pound. It won't get you much. Maybe treat Margaret. I'll do that. Do that. I'll Good. Get a bunch of <laughs> Right, Sandy, you can go back to your seat then. Thanks. Now, that is a very simple illustration of making the right choice. And unfortunately, Sandy didn't make the right choice this evening. He didn't pick the right envelope. And as you read the Bible, dear friends, you find that over and over again, people have made choices. Sometimes they've made the right choice, other times they've made the wrong one. And just a little time this evening, we're going to have a look at some of the people that have made choices. And here in Joshua chapter 24, we find Joshua speaking to the nation of Israel. And he puts before them that they had to make a choice either to serve the true God which was Jehovah or else to serve the heathen deities around them and that is what he says in verse 15 choose you this day whom you will serve and sad to say the people of Israel in that particular day they did not make the right choice and how sad it is to read the history of Israel that they turn from the true and living God in order to think of it to serve and worship idols. They went into idolatry. 
And sad to say, for the nation of Israel, at that particular time, they made the wrong choice. And it plunged the nation of Israel into awful trouble and tribulation and eventually God's judgment. The people made the wrong choice. But here we find Joshua in the same verse, and here's what he says. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua made his choice. He says, as far as I'm concerned, and as far as my house is concerned, we are going to serve the true and the living God. The people made the wrong choice. Joshua made the right choice. And Joshua was a tremendous man of God. Led the people of Israel over the Canaan, over the, the river Jordan, and into the land of Israel. Moses brought them to the brink of the land. It was Joshua who took them over. Tremendous man of God. And this was his burning desire through his life, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He made the right choice. And then think of that great character, Moses. Now, Moses lived to be 120 years. That's a tremendous age. I visited a man, I just tell him Sandra this morning, I visited a man in Carluca, and uh, he is 101 years of age and his brother died when he was 101 and 10 months nearly 102 but here's, here's Moses and he lived to be 120 years now he was such a young chap compared to Methuselah because Methuselah lived to 969 years but Joshua lived uh, Moses lived 120 years and you can divide his life into three equal 40 year periods the first 40 years was brought up in the palace to be a prince he was rescued from the river Nile you remember and Pharaoh's daughter for the next 40 years brought him up in Egypt and he was educated in the University of Egypt all the culture and language of Egypt for the first 40 years and then when he was 40 years of age he made a choice and here's what the writer of the Hebrews says in chapter 11 of the great letter of the Hebrews. It says concerning Moses, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And according to history, that particular Pharaoh had no sons. He had a daughter. And there is every possibility that if Moses had continued in Egypt, in the palace, he could have succeeded to the throne of Egypt because Pharaoh didn't have a son. But he turned his back upon that, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And when he was 40 years of age, he made that decision. Turned his back upon Egypt. Threw in his lot with the people of God. And for the next 40 years, he, 
He spent, uh, think of it, he spent the next 40 years in the wilderness looking after the sheep of his father-in-law Jethro. And think of this, when he was 80 years of age, he began his life work. Now some of us, when you get to the age of 80, what are you doing? You're in the home, you're putting your feet up, all your work's finished. You call it a day. But here's Moses. He's 80 years of age and he's just beginning to commence his work. And for the next 40 years, he led the people of Israel out of Egypt. And the next 40 years in the wilderness. What a character Moses was. He made the right decision. Don't believe any preacher that says that there's no pleasures in sin. They're telling lies. Of course there's pleasures in sin. The Bible says. But notice what it says. But for a season. They don't last. They will come to an end. And Moses made the tremendous right choice. Turned his back upon all that. And became identified with the people of God. So the people, they made the wrong choice. Joshua made the right choice and here we find Moses also made the right choice now I wonder have you heard of a man called John Newton of course you have and remember the name of John Newton probably for one reason because of the tremendous hymn that he wrote and we're singing the hymn today and by what a blessing it is to sing the hymn and it is amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. John Newton was a drunkard. He was a blasphemer. And sad to say, he engaged in the evil slave trade. But John Newton got wonderfully and gloriously converted. And because of that, he sat down and he wrote that tremendous hymn, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. He made the right choice. He went on to be a minister of the gospel in a church. And for many years he served the Lord in that particular church. But you know dear friends, as you get on in life, as you get older, certain things begin to happen. And what are those things? Well, those of us who are at that particular stage, and not all, of course, there's some, I'm looking, you haven't got to that stage yet, but you will eventually, if you live long enough. Certain things begin to happen. You begin to find that the old, the old eyesight is not as good as it used to be. So what happens if you've got to go along to the optician and you've got to get your eyes tested. And some of you are wearing glasses this evening. The old eyesight begins to go. You're not, you're not seeing what you used to be, what you used to do. And then, of course, something else begins to go. You find that the old hearing begins to go. In other words, you're getting deaf. What did you say? Speak up. You're getting deaf. And you've got to go and you've got to get a hearing aid. That old man that I visited in Carluke, he's profoundly deaf, even though I think he's got two 
hearing aids in one in each ear. The hearing begins to go, as well as the eyesight. Why, isn't this very depressing? The eyesight's going, the hearing's going, and then, of course, there's something else. And this is very serious. We find that uh, the memory, the mind, is beginning to go. You see that wee woman coming towards you in the street. Oh, you know who she is. You know the face. But what is her name? Oh, and you're struggling before you're actually talking with her. What's her name? And nine times out of ten, if you do decide upon a name, it's the wrong one. And uh, the memory is beginning to go. And that began to happen with dear John Newton. That his congregation loved him. He was a faithful servant of God. They loved him. But sad to say, John Newton's memory was beginning to go. Now that's very bad for a preacher when that happens. When the old mind begins, the memory begins to go. You've got to pack it in sometimes. And that happened to John Newton. And some of the congregation, they said to John Newton, Mr. Newton, we love you. You're a great servant of God. But Mr. Newton, you're beginning to forget things. You're beginning to repeat yourself. You're forgetting things. Your memory begins to go. But here's what John Newton said. He says, yes, my dear, that's so true. My memory is beginning to go. But he said, there are two things that I can never forget. One, I'm a great sinner. Two, Jesus Christ is a great saviour. Those two things he could never forget. I'm a great sinner. But Jesus Christ is a great saviour. John Newton, he made the right decision. Turned his back upon blasphemy and drink and the slave trade. And became a tremendous servant of God. And one day we are going to meet him in the glory. I often think how wonderful heaven's going to be like. Because as I've read many books in life, studying for the business and so forth, and, but I've never met the authors. Great books. But one day I'm going to meet the men, the women who wrote those books. And my, what a time we're going to be in heaven. And I'll be meeting dear John Newton. The one who wrote that tremendous hymn, Amazing Grace. My dear friend, that's just one or two examples in scripture of people that had to make choices. You, in your life, I, in my life, as a Christian, we have to make choices. And I'm so glad tonight to say that God has given to us his word. And we can make our choices upon the teaching of the Bible. We're not left to chance or fate or luck. And here's the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Isn't that wonderful? In all your ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths.
In other words, bring the Lord into every decision, every choice that you have to make it. And say, Lord, what would you have me do? Here's what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You see, there's nothing too big for God, but there's nothing too small. You can bring everything to the Lord in prayer. Do you do that? Do I do that? Oh yes, we bring the big things, the big problems. But what about the other little things? The insignificant things. Do you bring them before the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have me do? Because the Lord's interested in every aspect of our lives. Sometimes we only think in relation to the soul. But we are tripartite beings. Body, soul, and spirit. And God is interested in every aspect of our lives. I love the story. I'm not too sure if I told this here in Moody'sburn over the times I've been here. But uh, George Muller has been a tremendous blessing to me over the years. I made mention of him in the morning service. What a if you've never read his life story. Read it as soon as possible. It will bless you. It will encourage you. Think of it. Let me mention again. During his lifetime, catered for over 20,000 orphans, boys and girls, no mother, no father. And he fed them, he clothed them, he educated them. Over 20,000. And received nearly one and a half million pounds. I remember, we're talking about the 19th century here, without asking anybody for a penny. All because of his trust and faith in God. And one day the, an interviewer went to interview uh, the great George Muller. And he was actually writing. And the interviewer noticed just for a few seconds uh, he closed his eyes. And then he commenced writing again. The interviewer said, tell me, Mr. Muller, are you, are you feeling okay? I just noticed that you closed your eyes. Are you feeling okay? Oh, yes, he says, I'm feeling okay. But actually, I was having trouble with the nib of my pen. And I was talking to my Heavenly Father about the nib. Now, what would you have done? What would you have done? Throwing the pen away, then the pen. Ah, Here's someone who could trust God for millions. And he realized that in God's sight, that little nib of the pen is just as important as anything else. And Muller brought it before the Lord in prayer. Well, we sing Joseph Scriven's great hymn, do we not? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything. To God in prayer. But do we? Sometimes we don't. Oh what peace we often forfeit. Oh what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Remember what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5? He says casting. 
all your care upon him for he careth for you he cares for me so I don't know what choice you're going to have to make in the week that lies ahead Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday Sunday before you come back here again next Sunday the Lord willing choices you have to make big choices, small ones significant, insignificant but you have to make them I pray that God will give you the grace to make the right choice take it to the Lord in prayer ask his guidance and his wisdom go to the Bible and that is why God in his wisdom has given us in scripture the records of these characters sometimes we can emulate their virtues other times we've got to avoid their vices we can learn from them but ah let's think of our wonderful Lord Jesus he had a choice to make and what a choice that was and your eternity and my eternity depended upon it and to stay in the courts of heaven and let the world go to hell or else to leave the splendors of heaven be born of the Virgin Mary go ultimately eventually to Calvary's cross take your place in my place bear God's punishment on your behalf that we might be saved and reconciled and brought to God and here's what the Hebrew says who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at God's right hand I think of him in Gethsemane oh what a scene that must have been Gethsemane there he is in a tremendous struggle and he sweat as it were drops of blood Luke says he's in agony because the, 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 the hour is approaching and the cup is approaching and he had a choice to make either to accept the cup and to drink it or else to say no but here's what he says not my will but thine be done he made the right choice he went to the cross and as we say the rest is history God accepted that sacrifice and on the third day God raised him from the dead what a saviour we have tonight he made the right choice and as old John Newton put it in the last verse of that hymn when we have been there 10,000 years bright shining as the sun we have no less days to sing his praise than when we first be gone what a day that's going to be so dear friends choices very important may God give each one of us the help the grace, the strength to make the right ones.